Welcome to the Undone Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more content and additional information, please visit IamUndone.com where you will find our online store, regular blog updates, and how to become a partner of the podcast. Now let's jump right into today's episode. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is for you. It is morning as I am recording this podcast. It's an awesome day today, beautiful Monday morning, had a great weekend, spent time with family and friends and had a great time in church and just so grateful for all that God is doing. So grateful for how His hand is just continually upon our lives and You know, we don't serve a distant God. We serve a God who is extremely involved in every detail of our life um, up to the extent that we will give Him access and up to the extent that uh, we'll surrender control. And it's just so beautiful to experience more and more of Him. And so I hope you're doing that. I hope you're experiencing Him in a greater way um, and stepping into new levels and dimensions of His love for you, His grace, um, his holiness, His righteousness. There's just so much to explore in all that God has for us. So once again, just hope you're doing awesome. I want to jump into what I have to say today. And it's maybe a little different, but what I felt like the Lord put on my heart was just to share something that's maybe a little personal to me and what I call my core values. And I have four core values and they all start with the letter H, and it's not something I even came up with. It became a realization um, later in my life uh, that I realized that these are four things that are uh, very central to my life and to my walk with the Lord. I didn't come up with four words that started with H and try to center my life around that, but I found that these four words um, had a high degree of importance in my personal life and my uh, walk with the Lord. And so I really just felt like I was supposed to share this today. And I don't, you know, I don't know why, uh, obviously, but I hope that maybe one or more of these would speak to you and give you encouragement and maybe even permission to go deeper into uh, some of these areas. And the first area that I would consider a core value, and I feel like everything hinges upon this one, is the word hunger. If we are not hungry, we are not healthy. Hunger is a indication of health. And, you know, I was thinking, we have, Jenny and I have four kids, and <clears throat> when, when babies are born, they are instantly ready to nurse. Um, obviously, you know, the, the nurses will take them and clean them up and weigh them and all that good stuff. But the first thing that they try to get the baby to do is for them to latch on to the mother and to begin to nurse because there is a hunger that is uh, just an innate quality to our existence. And, you know, if you don't think hunger is central to life, just go ahead and skip a few meals. And and I think maybe you'll have a different perspective on that. And if you've ever done any extended time or, or not even extended, honestly, if you've done any fasting at all, of food, uh, maybe you've done a liquid-only fast, or or anything a vegetable-only fast, or 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 days you know where you only took water in, and it doesn't take long to realize that your body begins to cry out 
for food. Your body begins to cry out for nutrition. And, and your stomach begins to let you know, hey, I need something now. And it is the very same in the spiritual world that our spirits, when they are healthy, they are crying out for more of God. And it produces this hunger inside of you that says, Thank God for what He did yesterday, and I build my life upon it. I apply it. I don't forget about it. I continue to put it in action in my life, but I am hungry for even more and more and more of God. And it's an indication of health because it is only, you know, in the natural, it's only when we're sick that we're not hungry. And once again, you know, using the example of kids, my kids, and I'm sure for those of you who have kids can attest to this, they like to eat all the time. I mean, their their favorite day of the week, I think, is when my wife goes grocery shopping because they have all these new options to pick from in the pantry and the refrigerator, and they go crazy. <laughs> so, and But the only time I've ever seen my kids not be hungry is when they were sick, when they were under the weather, when they had a fever, when they were not doing well. And so a lack of hunger indicates that there's a lack of health. When we are not hungry in the Spirit, it determines and it indicates and it lets us know that something is off inside of us. Something is not healthy. And, and maybe what we need to do is find out uh, spiritually, if we're not hungry, where else are we feeding from? What inferior source of food have we been drawing from that has kept us from being hungry from the true source of food, from the true source of uh, sustenance and, 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 and nutrition? What else have maybe we been partaking of that has replaced uh, that level of hunger that we should have for the things of God? You know, Bill Johnson calls hunger, he says it's a the gift of hunger. And I believe it is a gift because your hunger will drive you into uh, pursuing God in a greater way. Your hunger will drive you to wake up earlier in the morning so that you can spend time with Him. Your hunger will drive you to say no to certain invitations from maybe family and friends so that you can... Uh, you know, have that time to spend with the Lord, your hunger will actually tell you, uh, will cause you to say no to uh, promotions in the workplace that would cause you to work longer hours or cause you to miss time with family or miss time with the Lord because your hunger will drive you into decisions that will increase your level of devotion and increase your level of intimacy with the Lord. <clears throat> you know, there's a, there's a sort of unique scripture in Proverbs, um, and I, I forget the exact location of it, uh, but it says that the laborer's appetite works for him, his hunger drives him on. The laborer's appetite works for him. In other words, his appetite works in his advantage because his hunger drives him on. And you know, it's the hunger of the laborer that tells him, you better keep working. It's the hunger of the laborer that says, you keep pushing because in the end is a reward and it's a reward that will fulfill this hunger. And so it is with us and our walk with the Lord. It is our hunger that continues to drive us on. If we're not hungry, there's no way we're waking up earlier. There's no way we're turning off the TV. There's no way we're putting our phones down. There's no way we're saying no to the things of this world. And, and hunger is going to be that thing that's going to cause us to 
to say no to those things and to say yes to the superior things, the things of opening our Bible and, and getting quiet before the Lord and getting on our knees and getting on our face before God or just finding that quiet place and just saying, God, you're all I want. But listen, if you're not hungry, that might last just a few seconds and you're ready to move on. But if you're hungry, you say, I don't care what I'm missing out on because I'm not missing out on anything if I'm getting God. I don't care what else my time could be spent doing. I don't care what else, you know, what other activity I could be doing or who else I could be spending time with. I am hungry for a connection with the Almighty God. I am hungry for a connection with Abba, with Yahweh, with Almighty God Creator, with the Father. He's not just uh, a, a God. This is Abba God. This is Creator. This is the Sovereign One, the Holy One, uh, the, the Creator of the entire universe. This is Father. This is Daddy. And I, I hunger for a relationship with Him above any other relationship. And, you know, it, hunger can be seen uh, in the sense of a dating relationship. You know, when when you first get to know uh, your future spouse and you're dating, you have a hunger to always be with them, always be talking with them, always getting to know them. And that hunger is what drives your relationship forward. And because when you lose that hunger, that desire to be with them, it's a great indication that this relationship is not going to work. And it is the same with the Lord, that it is our hunger that is going to drive uh, us to continue to pursue Him, to continue to spend time with Him, and to continue to move forward in our relationship with Him. And it is the hunger, listen to me, I'm, I'm preaching to myself right now, it is the hunger that is going to cause me to not press that snooze button in the morning and actually roll out of bed and say, I am hungry to meet with God. Why? Because I know He is hungry to meet with me. I'm reading a book right now called The Pleasure of His Company by Dutch Sheets. And it is a beautiful, beautiful book because not only does he go into the details of how we should find our pleasure in His company, but listen to me, God actually finds pleasure and delight in our spending time with Him. This is the most fascinating concept that I've been going into in, in, with the Lord lately is not only is it our desire to spend time with Him, but it is actually the Lord's desire to spend time with us. And you know, I believe I hit on this in a previous podcast, but it is not just our getting to know Him that is the end result of our relationship. It is allowing Him to get to know us. You know, in this mind-boggling scripture that Jesus goes over in the, in the Gospels. He says, you know, many will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and healed the sick and cast out demons and brought people, you know, into salvation? And, and yet he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. It's hard to even fathom that people could be prophesying and casting out demons and healing the sick, and yet they never had a relationship with the Lord. But the phrasing caught me off guard. It doesn't say, you never knew me. It says that God said He never knew them. They never opened themselves up to a relationship with Him. They, they just hungered for the principles. They hungered for the things of God. They hungered for the, the realities of the kingdom. But the one thing they missed was the true relationship with the Father, that not only would they have the opportunity to know Him, but He would have they would give Him the opportunity to know them. And I know 
this may be a foreign concept to a lot of people, but we serve a God who is not just a God in the sense of a king and a judge, but we serve a God who is actually our Father. And, and when Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus came to reveal the Father. The Bible says that He was the express image of God. It means He is He is our image of God. When we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. And so as Jesus is walking the earth, He doesn't constantly call Him God. He doesn't call Him judge. He doesn't call Him king. What does He call Him? He calls Him Father. And so there's this hunger in us to get to know Him And it gets even more provoked when we realize that He actually hungers to know us. So I invite you to go into that. I invite you to to dive deep into that. I don't want to stay on this too long because I want to get to these other three. And I don't think they'll last quite as long as this one. But I invite you to, to search the Scriptures for hunger and search the Scriptures for relationship that we would begin to realize that it is not just our hunger for Him, but when we realize He has a desire to spend time with us and to get to know us, it actually provokes our hunger to get to know Him because we realize that our time with Him is not just an exercise in futility, that we're just trying to attain this position and this level and this thing, that we're actually surrendering ourselves into allowing Him to know us. And in that, provokes us to continue to get to know Him. And so, my first core value that I wanted to share with you was hunger. The second one is this. It's humility. And humility is something that I think maybe we don't quite grasp uh, in its truest form. And it's, it's maybe not to anyone's fault, but humility is just a difficult concept to grasp because uh, the Bible puts it this way. It says that if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God... At the right time, He will exalt us. And so, you know, maybe we have these misinterpretations um, or these poor definitions of humility that means we're always supposed to stay low. But it's not the fact that, you know, we refuse to ever become anything. It's that we refuse to ever attempt to make ourselves something that we're not. And it's choosing to, you know, submit ourselves to that mighty hand of God, to humble ourselves under that mighty hand of God, and He will be the one to exalt us in the end. He will be the one at the right time because we've humbled ourselves to Him. We've submitted ourselves to Him. We've come under His government, His rule, and His authority, um, which is truly just submitting to Him and His kingship. You know, the kingdom is the king's domain. It's his rule. It's his order. And so when we come under this humility and saying, it's not my way. It's not my way of doing things. It is submitting myself to God's ways of doing things. That in that, he actually chooses to exalt us. He calls us kings and priests. And so it creates maybe this tension for a lot of people that say, how am I humble? Yet he calls me kings and priests. And here's the the, I believe the the access into that is understanding that in and of ourselves, we could never become kings and priests in His kingdom. And here's a problem that some of His disciples had is they continued to argue between each other saying, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? And 
And he addressed the Pharisees saying, you all keep striving for the the best seat at the table and you all keep striving for this place of of human honor, of of honor inside of society and honor inside of culture. But what y'all need to understand is that if you would actually humble yourself, if you would position yourself among the least, that way you could serve all manners of society, I will actually choose to exalt you. It will not be by your own way. It will not be by your own doing. It will not be by your own striving. It will be by your submission to my way of doing things. And in that, watch how I will exalt you. Watch how I will lift you up and honor you and bring you to a place that no man could have brought you. You know, there's a scripture that says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and it adds no sorrow to it. You see, there are things that in our human efforts, we can try to attain, you know, whether it be riches or any type of blessing that the Lord would put upon us, notoriety or or positions of honor. All these things that if we try to attain them on our own, there's always going to be some sorrow attached to it because of something we had to do outside of God's way of doing things to attain those things. And listen, I could get myself to a position of influence. I can get myself to a position of importance in this world. I can get myself to a position of riches in this world if I uh, work hard enough and, and, you know, put my name out there enough and market myself well enough and and maybe step on a few toes, cut a few corners and cheat a few people. I can get to those things, but I got there on my own and with it is attached sorrow. But if I would position myself in humility and submit myself to God's way of doing things in his kingdom and I just serve him and I love him and I allow him to elevate me and I allow him to exalt me, then it's going to be done in his timing, in his way. And he's going to put me in the places that he thinks I need to be. And then you get to that place and you realize, I didn't earn this. There's no way I could have done this on my own. I surely could have tried, but I wouldn't have ended up here. And it continues to put you in this position of humility. Uh, it, it just There's no way pride can enter in because you realize, I didn't do this. This was not of my own doing. This was not of my flesh. This was not of my attempts. This was nothing but me submitting to Him and watching Him do the work in exalting me. And so, you know, it creates, like I said, this tension because we feel like if we're humble, we're never supposed to get to these high places of honor. But humility is understanding that it's not in and of our own doing that we could attain and achieve anything. It is only by submission to Him and His kingdom. And it is this staying humble, this staying low, this staying postured before Him that keeps us in this place of of. of uh, humility and, and and surrender and submission to Him. And you know what? He will continue to exalt us as that character is developed inside of us. And it positions us for Him to do what He actually intended to do all along. You know, we are created to rule. We are created to have dominion on the earth over the things of the earth. We are created to have rule and dominion over the, the powers of darkness. But that will never exist outside of humility. Because, you know, you can be like uh, Simon the sorcerer in the, in the book of Acts where he says he sees this power and he wants this power and he says, 
How much would it cost me? How much do I need to pay you? Tell me a dollar amount to pay you to where you could give me some of this power. And you see, there are people who just want the power. There are people who just want the titles and positions. There are people who want the notoriety. They want their name in lights. They want their face on TV. They want likes and shares and comments. And they want all these things. And they are willing to do whatever it takes to get them. But listen to me. That is not by any means, the highest form of achievement that God wants to give you. God wants to give you a position in His kingdom as a king and priest. He wants you to reign and rule, but it is only done by submission to Him, the Almighty God, our Father, that as we submit to Him, He will elevate you in the right time. And so we need hunger. We need humility. And the next thing that I think we need is honor. Oh man, we need honor. I hate throwing out definitives, but I think we need honor more than ever. We need honor. We need honor for God. We need honor for His Word. We need honor for the Holy Spirit. We need honor for others. We need honor for our mothers and fathers. We need honors for honor for our spouses. We need honor for our kids. And honor simply means this. I believe if we could reduce the definition of honor to its most basic form... It is seeing value in something. Seeing value in something. You will not have honor for something unless you hold it in high value, in high regard. There's just no way. You may respect it. You may conjure up a human, fleshly level of respect, but you will never hold something in honor. You will never honor something unless you hold it in high value. And listen to me. You can tell what you honor by what you give value to, and you can tell what you give value to by where you spend your time, energy, and resources. It is easy to track your life and tell what you give honor to. And let me tell you something. The number one thing, and this is the most obvious Sunday school answer we can give, but the number one thing that we need to hold in honor is God. We need to honor God, not with our words, uh, not, not with our lips, not with what we say, not with what we type, but with what we do. Our lives should be in a position to where we honor God with everything we do. That means He gets the best of our time. That means He gets the first of our finances. That means He gets everything Matter of fact, he gets it all because it all belongs to him anyway. I give him my life. I give him my marriage. I give him my family. I give him my finances, my job. I give him my ministry, titles, and positions. I give him everything. Why? Because he deserves it. He gave it to me in the first place. It all belongs to him. And I want to be in a position where I honor God with everything I do. And the next thing I think we need to do, we need to honor others. Oh, this is a tough one. We need to honor others because people were created in His image. But listen to me. Honoring takes seeing the value in someone. I love Bill Johnson's quote. And I don't care if you get tired of me quoting Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson says that honor is valuing someone for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. (laughs) That is so good. Honor is valuing someone for who they are without stumbling over who they are not. The reason 
that we struggle with honor is that we're so hung up on what people are not. Yeah, but she doesn't do this. Yeah, but he doesn't do that. Yeah, but he didn't tell me this, or he didn't give me that, or he didn't do that. Everybody has the things that they are not. Everybody has the things that they uh, have not yet arrived in. But listen to me, God has created us in His image, and there are things to be celebrated in every individual There are things to be celebrated in your spouse. There are things to be celebrated in your parents, in your kids, in your pastor, in in your leadership, in your government. There are things to be honored. And and let me tell you something. Our government is is the least honored uh, government that I've seen in my lifetime. And I know, you know, I haven't been through that many presidencies or whatnot, But I'll tell you something, the last two presidents that we have had have been the least honored presidents that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And here's why. And I'm not saying I agree with either one of them. This is by far a political pod, definitely not a political podcast. But the reason there is such a lack of honor is because people are so hung up on the things that they disagree with that even when a president does something good, that you would rightfully cheer for and be excited about had someone else do it, they choose not to celebrate it because they're so hung up on that person, uh, what they are not or what they have not done. And listen to me, this goes far beyond the presidency. This goes into churches where people are angry with their pastors and they hold them in a lack of honor because of the things that they're not doing without being able to look at the things that they are doing and the value that they are giving. This happens with kids and they don't see all the things that their parents do for them and they're hung up on the things that their parents won't allow them to do or maybe the areas that their parents fail. And this happens when parents with their kids and they get so hung up on what what their kids are struggling with that they forget to see all the amazing things that their kids are doing. And so honor is, is valuing who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. Another fascinating scripture in Proverbs talks about finding the gold in someone hidden beneath the dirt. Listen, there is gold inside of every person because we are created in the image of God. Like we said, there is gold inside of everyone. But the 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 dirt of the world has covered up a ton. The sin nature of our lives has covered up a ton. But there is gold in there. And if you value that one thing that maybe you can't see yet, but you know it's in there and you value that person, you will begin to see them in a different light. You'll begin to treat them differently and you'll begin to honor them with a level of honor that that will bring you into a new perspective of who that is. And it will begin to call out the beauty in that person, the value in that person, the purpose in that person. And the thing that they are not will begin to diminish because the thing that they are will begin to flourish. Honor is a seed into a person's life that will call them into the fullness of who God created them to be. Honor is a seed into a person's life that will call them into the fullness of who God created them to be and will pull them past the mediocrity of maybe who they've settled to be. And so honor is this fascinating thing that not only does it do something to you because it changes your perspective, but as you release that honor to others, it actually begins to create in them a new perspective of who they are, and they'll begin to live up to that perspective. And so we have hunger, we have humility, we have honor. These are all three extremely important spiritual principles that I believe as you dig into 
that God will begin to illuminate some things, some nuggets, some truths that you can take with you. And the last one, maybe you don't see it as spiritual. I don't really care. But the last one that I choose to live my life by, the last H, is humor. Listen to me. Life is too short not to enjoy it. And God has just been illuminating this this joy to me in my life that this life is is filled with so much bad news listen i could turn on the news and be sad my whole life or i can choose to turn all that out off and just enjoy the joy of the lord enjoy god makes me laugh life makes me laugh my kids make me laugh there's so much around me that I can choose to celebrate and enjoy and have a good time. And humor, I know maybe is is not the best word to, to uh, maybe we should use the word joy. I don't know, but I like to laugh. I like to cut jokes. I like to have a good time. And, you know, we've bought into the lie that religion has fed us, that church has to be somber and solemn and boring. And listen to me, God is full of joy. The Bible says that He was filled with the oil of joy more than His companions. That means He was full of joy. He was full of laughter. He was full of life. He was full of vibrance and love and joy. Listen to me, that is who we should be. There should be something about us that the world is attracted to And I'm not attracted to anyone who has a sour face. And so, you know, we feel like we have to walk around and and correct all the wrongs of the world. Listen to me. No, we need to display the kingdom. And the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a joy in the Holy Ghost that He wants to release to you today. And there's a joy in the Holy Ghost that I know He is releasing to me. And I want to go deeper in that. I want to be full of joy. I want to have a, a smile bigger than the rest of the world. Because the world is attracted to people who are happy. And I'm not talking about happy because we have a big house, happy because we have a nice car, happy because everything is going right. No, there's a happiness inside of us because we know our our salvation is secure in Christ. Our righteousness is forever embedded in the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross and His resurrection. And I'm happy because I know my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen, Jesus told His disciples, He sent them off on a ministry journey and they came back. And they were like, Jesus, demons fled in our name. Jesus, we got these people healed and people got saved and this and that. And he said, listen, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. <laughs> Look, man, I would be so pumped if I saw all these demons cast out and people healed and all this. But he said, it's not that Jesus was saying those weren't valuable. That's the very thing he sent them out to accomplish. But what he was telling them was, if you find joy in the things that you do, in the performance, that there's going to be a day where you didn't perform well, or there's going to be a day, you know, you came against a uh, something, uh, some sort of roadblock, and maybe you didn't accomplish things in the spirit that you did on the previous day. If you find your joy in that, there's going to be a day where you are not going to find joy. But he's saying, find your joy, find your rejoicing in the fact that I have made a way for you to be reunited to the Father. And when you can have that perspective and you realize that nothing can change the fact that I am going to be joined with my Father for eternity, it gives me the perspective that this whole world could crumble, fall apart in front of me, and I can still have joy because I know that Jesus has made a way, that Jesus has given me a passageway into life and life abundantly and life eternally forevermore with my God, my Father, the Abba, 
And how could that not produce a joy in you? And it is this proper perspective, I think, of of how God sees us and how God loves us and this connection with the Father that just produces this this eternal joy, this this overwhelming joy, this overriding joy that that pushes us through even tough trials. Uh, You know, Jesus told the disciples, surely you'll have trials and tribulations, but take heart. See, he goes to the heart. Take heart. Have joy. Be excited, for I have already overcome the world. And I want to tell you that you don't have to walk through this life gloom and doom, down, beaten, disgusted, broken, uh, frustrated, that there's a joy that God wants to produce in you. There's a laughter. There's a humor that He wants to produce in you that causes you to begin to enjoy life enjoy relationship with Him. Just look at some of the creatures God created. You tell me He doesn't want us to laugh. I mean, God is just just far beyond what we have ever or ever can imagine. And it is only religion. It is only the attempt of the enemy that would try to get us to be convinced that He is distant, that He, that he doesn't care, He's disinterested, and that my friends, will produce sorrow, that will produce frustration, and that will produce a lack of hunger, you know, going all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, because why should I chase after Him if He's a disinterested God? And so I hope you've got something out of this today. These are just my personal core values, but I feel like someone needed to hear some part of this or all of this, that this humility, uh, this hunger, this honor, and this humor are just four principles, four cornerstones of my life, all founded upon the love of God, all founded upon relationship with Him that just really creates the framework for all that God does in my life. So God bless you. I love you so much. Thank you for all who choose to listen, for choosing to partner and give to the podcast. You're such a blessing. Just the fact that you would take your time and listen is such a blessing to me. So go deep in devotion. Go deep in intimacy with God. There is permission for you to to discover things that you never knew existed in Him. Have an amazing week. Hope to be back with another episode uh, pretty soon. God bless you. See you later.